Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Special edition of BetQLU, sponsored by BetQL. You can download the BetQL app today in the Apple App Store and Google Play. Going to throw up our fancy schmancy graphic as always here on the show. As I scroll through and try to find it. Here we go. Uh, BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking real-time line movement and historical betting results. Download the BetQL app in the Apple App Store and Google Play. Myself, Eli Herskovich, at Eli Herskovich on Twitter which is probably where you're at, where you're watching the show, at the Tom Casali on Twitter, and a new addition to the show, Reed Wallach. You can follow him on Twitter, Reed Wallach, at Reed Wallach on Twitter. So, Tom, you work with Reed every day. Got to know the, you know, what's going on between you guys uh, off the uh, off the show, behind the scenes. Why don't you pull back the curtain and share what's going on over at BeckQL and BeckQLU, I guess, with you and Reed and the crew. Well, things are going well. Now that Reed is spelling names correctly, the, we're getting along. Now, if we could only get this other guy to spell. Hey, how do you spell Sharif Cooper? You, you, you misspelled it, it nine, time, nine <laughs> times this year. Thank God Auburn's not playing anymore. But no, no, Reed, uh, we, uh, we got thrown into the fire. You know, we started like the week before Christmas, so it was kind of crazy. Uh, but Reed's finding his stride. He's uh, everything I thought he would be when I hired him. So, uh Big, big asset to the team, and I'm glad he's here with us tonight. Ah, kind words. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. That, that feels good. The positive praise. Better than when I say Syracuse is going to make a run and you just completely shoot it down. Well, <laughs> if you're good, well, no. you're, uh, this might be the high point of your show. Because if you get to the <laughs> ACC and you're, and you're going to bet Syracuse, that th- things might go off the rails here. <laughs> well, that's going to be fun because we, uh, we might have a little head-to-head on that Q's game coming up. On Wednesday with NC State and Syracuse. For anybody just joining, we'll hit on the ACC to start, then get to the Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, Pac-12, SEC, Mountain West, and the American Athletic Conference. All your questions throughout, we'll hit on them as we go along here on the show. Pumping Swag 33 says, amazing hire. First of all, what is up with your dynamic of your boys, your fellas coming into the chat? I got a faithful fan base. I got people behind me. They're going to go to war with my future, so I'm excited. I got I got some good uh, momentum behind me here. You're going to let me on. You you opened up a whole can of worms here, Eli. I like it. So <laughs> people know who Tom is uh, from BeckQL, the managing editor of sports betting for Radio.com and BeckQL. Myself, Eli Herskovich. I guess I'm the managing editor from an audio standpoint, from a video standpoint of what we do over on the BeckQL Audio Network with Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and Joe Ostrowski, but Reed, you've never been on the podcast before, first time being introduced to our audience. So tell the people a little about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Reed, a content producer over at BetQL, working with Tom on the day-to-day, really helping you know build the BetQL brand, providing captivating content, really all different things, but we're focusing right now, college basketball, UFC, NBA, you know, really getting everyone ready for March Madness and making sure we have a profitable you know, few weeks here. Of course. So, guys, let's start off with the ACC and just going through the odds here on BetMGM. At BetMGM, Virginia's plus 250, the odds on favorite to win the ACC. We'll start off with that conference for conference tournament futures. 
Uh, Florida State next up at plus 275, then North Carolina plus 550, third shortest odds. Louisville at plus 700, Vatech at plus 700. So those two programs tie for the four shortest odds. Georgia Tech, very popular ACC tournament future at plus uh, 1,000. So 10 to 1 to win the conference tournament. Duke is 20 to 1. So is Clemson. Syracuse and NC State both coming in at 50 to 1. Pitt as well at that same price. Then it's Notre Dame, 100 to 1. Miami of Florida, uh, 150 to 1. Boston College, 250 to 1. And Wake Forest also at that same price. So, Tom, I want to start off with you because you tweeted this out, decided not to save it for the podcast, just gave it away. Yeah, last night on Twitter. What's your favorite uh, uh, tournament future for the ACC? Yeah, I tweeted out Georgia Tech. I actually didn't realize that their odds were so much higher at other books. I was only looking at my local book that, that had it at uh, 10 to 1, which I think is you know priced right about where it should be. And then other people came in and said that it was like 25 to 1, 30 to 1. I mean, that's uh, you're, you're looking at some pretty good value there if you're getting it at that number. The they don't play they don't play the first two rounds, and then they would get you know a Clemson maybe, and then a Virginia. So those are teams I think they match up pretty well with. And both of you guys had Georgia Tech earlier this year, much earlier when they played Florida State, and you both brought out the same point that I've remembered until this day, which is the turnovers. Florida State turns the ball over and Georgia Tech can turn you over. So if they happen to play them, I think it's a good matchup. So one of the things I like to look at for futures is where the team is seated, because if you're in the Big 12, I don't want you to have to play Baylor right away. So I think they got a good a good draw here. And at 10 to 1, or if you can get even higher, I, I don't mind that bet. Take a look at the path for Georgia Tech uh, in the ACC tournament. So Tom mentioned them 10 to 1. They were, like you said, they were as high as, 25 to one of the other books earlier today. So money came out on Georgia Tech throughout the day to win the conference tournament. They face the winner of, they get a double buy in the ACC tournament. They face the winner of Clemson versus either Pitt or Miami. That's the first game of major conference tournament play tomorrow. That's going to be a, a gross game at around two <laughs> o'clock Eastern. And then Syracuse NC State is kind of the leg between the Pitt Miami game. Um, they face the winner of, or they, they play Virginia in the quarterfinals of the ACC tournament. And then Duke and Boston College, another first round game tomorrow in the ACC tournament, along with Notre Dame and Wake Forest. Both of those teams have the highest odds to win the conference tournament. Reed, I'll, I'll shift it to you before I give up my bet. So that is an official play for you, Tom, right? 10 to 1, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I took that. And, uh, you know, another thing, too, is just like when you look at North Carolina's odds, you know, that's why I kind of like Georgia Tech at the 10 to 1, because to me, North Carolina being that big of a favorite doesn't make much sense to me. But the ACC is down in general, so I could see a team coming maybe further back and at least making it to the championship game. All right, Reed, what say you on this on this conference? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Georgia Tech. I've, I've been a, a play on Georgia Tech team all year. I love uh, Alvarado. Moses Wright was just named player of the year. So they're a good team, and I want to see them make the dance. So I'm hoping they make a run. Right. So they would face, again, they would face the winner of that Clemson-Pitt-Miami game. I can't see them losing that game. Let's say they get Clemson, and Clemson <laughs> knocks them off again. So if you lose that game, maybe Clemson sweeps them all, all together. I, I still think they're in the tournament. Yeah, I, I still resume. I still think they're going to make it, but to me, Syracuse at 50 to one, I'm not going to bet it, but that's what really jumped out to me. Just here, stick with me here, Tom. They beat NC state, you know, pretty handedly. I like their zone against NC state's poor three point shooting, even though the Wolfpack kind of figured it out at the end of the season, I still am bullish on how Syracuse can handle that. And then they get Virginia, which is a, you win your in scenario. They, they win, they're making the tournament. And 
Virginia, if they're they're not going to rebound the ball, and that's really Syracuse rebound um, offensive rebounds. They're not going to attack Syracuse's real weakness, which is defensive rebounding. So if Virginia doesn't bring their shot, they're they might get bounced here. They shot fifty percent when they beat Syracuse earlier in the year by twenty plus. If they're not on, they're going to lose, and maybe Syracuse just has that emotional edge that Virginia kind of lacks. So at fifty to one, Syracuse to make it to the semifinals. I'm just saying that's a, a intriguing price because I agree with you. North Carolina is completely overvalued here. I like NC mm. State, and they're priced at fifty to one to win the conference tournament at that MGM. But you can get them as high as a hundred to one at Canby. They were as high as one fifty earlier today. So more money came in on NC State. I, I, I look at this team, and yes, they've lost a lot of pieces. Thomas Allen, um, Devin Daniels, like they're banged up, and they're running on a seven man rotation, mm. which is tough to to bet on a team like that to win four in a row with a seven-man rotation, even with a, a coach in Kevin Keats that has a lot of experience and they've really come together. But you think about it, they've, they played Syracuse twice. They've lost both of those games, both by within two possessions. The first game, mm-hmm. I believe, was a three-point road loss where they were up much of the first half and into the second half too. I, I like the makeup of this team. They have a really big team. They have a lot of size. They're playing really well going into the conference tournament. They've won five in a row going into this thing and they beat Virginia along the way. So yes, you're losing. You've lost two of your better players, but uh, Helms is playing really well in the front court. They have Thunderbird healthy. And that wasn't the case for one of the Syracuse games or they play Syracuse in the, in the first lag. Um, That's going to be on Wednesday at noon Eastern. Then they would play Virginia, a team that they just beat and they split the season series that the first game was pretty competitive too. And then they get the winner of whoever, if Georgia Tech gets to the quarterfinal or to the semifinal or if Clemson or Pitt or Miami makes a run. So it's a big number for a team that's getting hot going into the conference tournament. And I love their front court play, even though they've lost a lot of depth in the backcourt. I think NC State has some value at a big number at 50 to 50 to one at MGM or even higher at other books. Look, NC State is starting to really round to form. And if NC State was playing on another end of the bracket and not against Syracuse, who I just think is kind of a bad matchup for them, then I would probably be inclined to say, okay, NC State's kind of going to get the wheels turned here and go on a run. I just don't like that matchup for them. But I agree, coming out of that Syracuse-North Carolina State game, I like that team playing Virginia, either team. I'd probably going to be on that game just because I'm not high on Virginia. And I think that this yeah. might be – this might be like just fade Virginia at all costs type of thing. I just I don't see it at all with this team. Tom, what about you? Any any thoughts on my NC State future? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, we can. How about that? The, I mean, it's amazing. I use the same setup every goddamn day. Uh, can you I just swear? Uh, the uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to see my kids and my wife. They, I'll tell you right now, Eli. They don't like the swearing. They, they, they're they're not a fan of your swearing. But um, no, the the technology will make me swear. We mentioned this on uh, the show Saturday quickly. Uh, how NC State to me has been the surprise of college basketball. The we thought you know they had the injuries that the things weren't going their way. They came out, they won five games in a row. I told you I like Notre Dame against them uh, last Wednesday. But, I mean, they went out there, they took care of business there. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm going to sit back and watch, and I'm going to wait till Thursday with my Georgia Tech future. That's fair. My one concern with NC State is just turnovers. They have one of the higher turnover rates in ACC mm-hmm. play, and Syracuse can turn you over. But at the same time, NC State shot the ball at a pretty high clip, around a combined like over 35% in both of those games against Q's. So they can match up well against this zone, even though they've kind of lacked the depth 
in the backcourt. If you can get the ball into the free throw line, whether it's Funderburk or Helms, Helms is playing probably the best player at this point of the season. I just think that's a massive number for a conference that's, you kind of mentioned it, Reed. Virginia's playing not so poorly, but just in terms of what people expected them to be, like they haven't acclimated to this, uh, what we normally see with the Tony Bennett pack line defense at all, really. Like it, it got really exposed in the Gonzaga game, one of the best teams in college basketball. And it's it's gotten better in conference play, but it's also been super inconsistent. I know Florida State has shot the lights out from three pretty much all year, but it was exposed big time in the FSU game. So I'm not high on Virginia. Florida State is, is I mean, if I'm going to take a favorite, it's Florida State to win this conference tournament. That's why you kind of question taking a bet in general, because I think Florida State kind of gets a reset after the Notre Dame loss over the weekend. So I, I re- really still like Florida State, but if I'm going to take a bet, it's going to be a long shot in this conference. That's why I like NC State. Agreed. Florida State, they're they're the class of the ACC for sure and definitely could run through this and make it look easy. But it's been a little concerning the past two weeks. These two road losses, I don't. it's definitely a shaky feeling. And I have a future on Florida State, so I'm a little concerned. What about you, Tom? Any, like, just in terms of the top of the conference with Virginia and Florida State? Yeah, I mean, I don't. that's not a, you know, a Big Ten, Big 12 top of the conference, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think either one of those teams could lose to any of these ACC teams. That's kind of why I like... I always look at the conference, right? Uh, and this to me is where you can find some value down the line with some of these teams because you don't have a dominant number one. I'm in complete agreement about Virginia. Um, they're getting by on re- name recognition right now. They're not close to the team that won it two years ago. And so, yeah, if you're looking for a 10, 20, 30, 40 to one shot, this is the conference to do it in. Yeah, all I've been hearing for the last week I so ha- or, or so heading into the conference tournament is can't bet against Tony Bennett. Okay. I mean, we, we saw them make a run two years ago. They, they won the title. And I mean, that was a close game against Oregon in the sweet 16. They should have lost to 10. They should have lost to, uh, to Purdue. That is in the elite eight should have lost to Auburn, even though Tigers kind of backdoored their way into potentially winning that game outright. So did Texas tech, but they were up by three with 19 seconds left. And they cost me 10 grand because Jared Culver couldn't switch. So, you know, I, I have my feelings towards Virginia, <laughs> but I also, I, just because Virginia won the title two years ago, it's not even close to the same team just in terms of the way they played defense and the way that pack line defense was set up. Like, again, I thought it would come to fruition in the latter part of conference play at the very latest, but it hasn't. Like, this is not the same personnel to fit Tony Bennett's defense. So those are our thoughts on the ACC, as I try not to get too heated about that title game <laughs> from a couple of years back. Uh, Big Ten. Big Ten tournament starts on Wednesday, and if we look at the BetMGM odds here, let's pull them up. Big Ten Conference Tournament. Michigan, the odds on favorite at plus 175. Illinois, plus 300. Uh, second shortest odds. Iowa, plus 400. Ohio State is 10 to 1. Purdue, playing really well, is 12 to 1. Wisconsin, 20 to 1. Michigan State, 35 to 1, as high as 50 to 1. Out of their books, though. Uh, Indiana, 50 to 1. Maryland, 50 to 1. Minnesota, 66. Penn State 66, Northwestern 150, and Nebraska 301. By the way, it should be noted that I'm on the New Jersey site right now. So Rutgers is priced at around 50 to 1 to win the conference tournament. I don't think it matters. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. Well, you know, we can talk about Rutgers for a stack, even though I'm not betting them to win the conference tournament. Really quick before we dive in, I guess this has to do with the, like, the Friday slate once we get to Michigan. How important is Eli Brooks to you guys? Because there is still is no injury update. We don't know how long he's out for. 
But I was looking at his plus minus in terms of what he means net uh, on and off the floor to Michigan. He's the highest plus minus all season for Michigan. And we saw Phil Martelli, or we heard it earlier today, say he's the most important player on this team. I would assume that he hasn't come back for the conference tournament and Michigan could still win it without him, but it is concerning nonetheless. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think he's very important and I wouldn't play him one minute in the conference tournament because I think Michigan could lose the first game and still be a one seed. Uh, so this isn't, I mean, I know they want to win it. This is the one conference, I'll be honest. I don't. I didn't make a bet in this conference. I don't know if I'm going to, I think if you're going to take someone, it's probably Illinois. Uh, with the uh, with the Brooks injury, there's a little value there, and I think they match up well with the teams they have to play. You mentioned Purdue; that's interesting. You know, twelve to one in that Michigan bracket up there. So those are the two teams I would look at. Reed, what about you? Yeah, I mean Brooks. It feels like anytime you watch a Michigan game, he's either getting into the lane and finding Livers or Wagner, or he's just open himself. So I mean, the loss you can't state it enough. I agree. I wouldn't play him in the conference tournament because it doesn't matter as much. I mean, Illinois at three to one, that's definitely enticing, especially because I really like their bracket. If, you know, you could go Eli and then we could circle back around. Yeah, I I don't see any value in this thing either. Ohio State is not winning the conference tournament. No. I think they're I think they're dead. I do <laughs> like, too. I, I don't want to I don't want to cross but, them off completely, but go ahead, Tom. No, I was just gonna say, you know, I had them on Saturday. And like when you're going cold, that's the kind of game you lose, but I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think they were going to lose a game. When they were up 68-64 with two minutes to go, I was like, finally, I got one. And that meltdown, that's not what they needed right there. I think their confidence is shaken. And I wouldn't be surprised if – well, we'll see. I mean, they'll probably win their first game, but then they get Purdue. I, the more I look at this bracket, the more I'm kind of liking that Purdue 12-1. to 1. That looks interesting. Yeah, so Ohio State, just looking at the matchups here, they play the winner of Minnesota-Northwestern. I mean, they they lost to Northwestern early in conference play. I think Minnesota is toast right now, too, another dead mm. team in the water. I like Northwestern a lot in that game. Yeah, and we'll probably get – well, I can't, can't bet on the game, but nobody wants to hear that because I'm in the fucking state of Illinois. Then again, Tom can't bet at all uh, in New York. <laughs> um, so we got Ohio State versus the winner of Northwestern-Minnesota. Then, like Tom mentioned, whoever wins that game faces Purdue. I, w- I want to give a, a quick thought. I- I'm not going to bet this team to win the conference tournament. So I'm not, I don't have a future in this conference. Um, but I do kind of like Penn State to win a couple games. So they play, I'm not going to bet on the first game, most likely. Uh, they play Nebraska in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. That's, I believe it's Friday night or Wednesday night. Uh, then they play Wisconsin. Now, Reed went to Wisconsin. Greg Gard had the right. My condolences. Of- at least, comp- what did you say, Tom? My condolences. <laughs> My God. I mean, they played so well in the second half. And I thought the, that there were some bullshit calls down the stretch. Like, Bohannon leads into Trice, fouls him out. No contact from Trice. And it's not like it was one of those bang-bang plays. Like, he violently leaned into him. And there was a foul on Demetri Trice. And Greg Gard goes off post-game, and I thought it was warranted. Like, Davison on the hook and hold. Murray kind of sold it a little bit too. I don't think that was your traditional hook and hold on Davidson. I was pissed and I had no money on the game. So state of the Wisconsin Badgers, Reed, all you. I, you want to talk about a corpse of a team. I mean, the Wisconsin Badgers. Sir, it, w- I saw that the DraftKings odds on their over-under was uh, six and a half. It was shaded to the over, I think, minus 143. But in what what resume are they a six seed? 
In what world is this team a six seed? Their best wins over Loyola Chicago from the first week of the season. So that doesn't like throw that out the window. This they haven't beaten anybody. Uh, Wisconsin. I hope none of them take that extra year of eligibility thing. I hope it just uh, we turn it over. It's time for Brad Davison to graduate. It really is. It was fun. It's not so yeah. fun anymore. Coming into the season, the fourth when we did our preseason podcast, they had the fourth shortest odds to win the whole thing. So I mean, they are a disappointing, disappointing team. That, that was some. That was a team. You know, I thought. Well, they started. You know, they had a little. They hit a little rough patch here. I was waiting for them to come back because I thought there might be some value with this team, but they just never did. I agree with you, Eli. They played well against Iowa, but overall, I I, I don't know. We'll see. Listen, like I like I've told you before, my bookie's got a second house for me betting against Wisconsin in the tournament, so I'm sure I'm going to bet against them every game, and somehow they'll find their way to the Final Four. Man, if we get Oregon against Wisconsin again, like we did two years ago, yeah. Oregon <laughs> lit them up in the second half. I mean, they were a little more athletic than that year, a little more rim protection, but I would love a Ducks-Wisconsin, uh, or a Ducks-Badgers first-round matchup of the Route of 64. Probably won't get it, but I, I agree. Wisconsin's very vulnerable, and that's why I kind of think, like, just looking at the way the Big Ten bracket sets up, you get Penn State-Wisconsin against a, a corpse of a team, like Reed said, with the way Penn State came back against Maryland. Now, I will say, so just a, just a thought on Penn State, maybe take them in that Wisconsin game. They're probably going to be uh, – a three or a four point dog in the second round of the big 10 tournament. People are talking about Michigan state at 50 to one, 35 to one on bet MGM to win the conference tournament. I am not there with Michigan state. We saw it. Yes. Maryland lost back-to-back games to Northwestern and to Penn state. Mark Turgeon coaching like it's March per usual, but we saw it two weeks ago when Maryland blew them out at home. Michigan state does not have the guards to get into the lane. And Maryland's defense is playing really well in the half court. Michigan State did not operate well in transition in that game. They turned it over a ton. I don't care that Michigan State won that game against Michigan. It had a lot to do with the Eli Brooks injury, and they played them two times in, in five days. I, I know that this is the rematch game and the second time that Maryland and Michigan State will be playing, but that game means more to Maryland than it does to Michigan State. I mean, I will say Penn State, ten, they might be the best 10-13 and 13 team I've ever seen. They, they play hard. They have wings. They have bigs. They rebound the ball. They force turnovers. They're a great offensive rebounding team. Yeah, I mean, I I, I won't bet against Wisconsin because it's just I'm still, you know, fresh out of school. Like, But, yeah, I can't stop you from fading Wisconsin there. Um, I mean, this bracket, to me, Illinois, it sets up just perfectly. You get the winner of Rutgers, Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. Big Ten, they ate all the – you know, average teams alive. There, There's really become a huge separation. Your Minnesotas, your Indianas, they just fell off a cliff. So, I mean, this this conference has been tough all year, and it's really – it's not for the weak-hearted. You know, it, Illinois to me – and then they get Iowa, a team I think they just match up with so well. That game, Illinois, Iowa, um, a few weeks back, Illinois at home, that was an easy bet for me on Illinois. It was close and back and forth, but Illinois to me is just that much better than Iowa. So, I'm not betting on this – you know, conference tournament, but if I were Illinois at three to one still seems short, but you could probably get better value kind of rolling it over. Right. Yeah. I mean, Illinois what? So they play the winner of Indiana Rutgers, which is going to be an absolute truck fest, no matter who who (laughs) wins that game. Um, Man, Rutgers smoked Indiana, at least in the second game. uh, Mm. One at Bloomington in the first time that was after Indiana was coming off the win over Iowa, but either way. Yeah. Do not bet. I won't even bet Rutgers in that game, Tom. That's how much I love Rutgers this year. Uh, 
Purdue, though, I want to spend a minute on that because they could make a run of the Big Ten tournament. Zach Eady is might be playing. I mean, Kofi Coburn is playing great at both ends of the floor, but Eady and Hunter Dickinson is too. I mean, this this league is for great bigs. Luca Garza, what were you saying, Reed? I was about to stop you from Hunter Dickinson. I, I thought you were going to leave his name out there. No, it's 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 there. Don't worry. But Edie's playing tremendous ball. The backcourt is playing really well, too, for Purdue. Stefanovich is back. He missed that Michigan game going back to a few weeks ago when they got blown out at home with their whole COVID situation. Tom, is this a team that you're, you're actually going to bet to win the Big Ten tournament, the Boilermakers? Yeah, I think I might put a little bit of money on them. Uh, just talking about here, uh, you know, I looked at that Big Ten bracket quickly, and I didn't think anything stood out. But with the Brooks injury, uh, I think they can make it to play Illinois. And if you're getting 12 to 1, you know, you can hedge out of that if you want. So I'm going to call it now the Purdue-Illinois final in the Big Ten tournament. Wow. So you think – I mean, listen, they they didn't get – they didn't have Stefanovic in that Michigan game. They kind of – I mean, Edie – see, that's the thing is, like, Edie is such a young big. And Wisconsin last week had no shot against Edie with fucking Nate Rivers, who's a stick. And Micah Potter, who could just stretch the floor. Um, but Edie against Dickinson is a really interesting uh, semifinal matchup. Yeah, listen, we're, we're going to get points in that game. We're going to get probably around eight or nine points. Yeah. If Brooks injury doesn't come back. So I'll bet, I'll probably bet Purdue, especially assuming Stefanovic, and there's no reason why he wouldn't play like he did uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I think either way, I'll, I'll bet Purdue in that game. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I love Michigan. No doubt, I, I, you know, I'll probably have them in the Final Four for sure. But if Brooks doesn't play, I think that evens the playing field a little bit. You get one of those low-scoring, tight games. Uh, who knows? But uh, I, I like their chances. All right, so we spent a lot of time on two conferences. We thought we were yeah. going to be done in an hour. Probably not. Tom is about to blow a gasket from his technology and everything else. Can um, you hear me now? What's up? Yeah, yes, can you hear me? I mean, what's? I'm not doing anything. Eli, I asked you what microphone to, to buy, and you told me this $35 piece of shit. I look at you. You got a $600 microphone over there. Airdrop. I mean, Jesus. Airdrop. Not a $600 microphone. It's a fucking. It's a. I'm not even gonna say the brand. I don't need to fucking you know tout their their mics. But it's a, it's a $50 mic. I did not give you a $35 piece of shit. I sent you a nice. It was like 75, 100 bucks, and you're complaining out here. Listen, I just, I'm going to, pretty soon, I, I'm going to, whoever's listening, I'm going to pay someone $1,000 to come here and hook all this stuff up for me. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. At least you got the the bet, uh, the bet stand-up going on in the background. You made your poor son put that together. It's time to start placing smarter bets, more profitable bets. If you're an experienced sports better or someone who's just starting out, BetQL is here to help us all become better betters. BetQL runs hundreds of thousands of simulations and rates each potential bet on a scale of one to five stars. One star? Maybe skip that game. Five stars? That's like a big green light telling you to go. Look, you wouldn't torture your stomach with a one-star restaurant. Don't do it to your wallet. Get access to data and insights the sports books don't want you to see. We're talking about real... Proven analytics here. Not some hot takes from a 
random guy online. BetQL's computer model analyzes every bet every day to find you the best opportunities. Pro and college games, football, basketball, and more. You can sort by sport or choose from a list of the best bets available right now in real time. So before sitting down to watch your favorite sports, see if the data backs up your betting instincts. Bet smarter and beat the books with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Anyways, moving along here on the conference tournament future. So we did ACC, we did Big Ten, now to the Big 12 as we look at what BetMGM is offering today. Uh, So looking at the odds, Baylor, the odds on favorite uh, at minus 145 to win the conference tournament. Kansas next up in plus money territory at plus 500. WVU, West Virginia, plus 900. Texas at plus 900 as well. Then it's Texas Tech at 10 to 1. Oklahoma State, same price. Oklahoma, 25 to 1. TCU, 150 to 1. And K-State is 300 to 1. Then Iowa State, they're not doing none of those teams. The latter team doing crap in the Big Ten tournament or Big 12 tournament. Iowa State is sitting at 500 to 1. Tom, you have a futures bet for the Big 12, correct? And, and what is it? Yeah, I mean... I don't know how you look at this bracket and argue that there's a conference better than the Big 12. How do you like this quarterfinal? Texas, Texas Tech, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, West Virginia. I mean, you got to be kidding me. This is a nightmare conference. Uh, the strongest top to bottom, I think. You know, you look at, at first I saw the Oklahoma number and I was like, geez, that's a pretty, pretty good price for Oklahoma. But then they got to go through West Virginia and Baylor. I'm going to go with Texas because I think they match up well with Texas Tech, and then they're going to get the winner of Kansas-Oklahoma State. I mean, let's be honest. All these games are going to be tied with a minute to go. These teams are so even. But I know, Eli, we mentioned we have a future on Texas now, and at 9-1, to I'll take the Longhorns at the number four seed to win this conference. Yeah, looking at how this conference shapes up here as I pull up the schedule, I mentioned it with the matchups for Texas – so they go up against, I mean, the Texas Tech matchup, I love first off from a betting perspective. Kempon makes that line, Texas Tech minus one. That's the third time these two teams have played. Texas lost both. They were up pretty big in the first one in the first half. I was on Tech in that game. Texas Tech went to a zone in the second half. Longhorns regressed from three. Texas Tech had to like come back. And then in the second leg of the, of the season series, Texas Tech had a similar uh, big Five-minute run, six-minute run of the final final minutes of that game to uh, to win the game outright. So, listen, Tom, I agree from a numbers perspective. I like Texas. I'm probably going to stay, stay away from the conference just because of how loaded it is, even though I like Texas to make a run in the big dance with that length, with Jericho Sims and Greg Brown up front. The guard play is tremendous, even though they have their fair share of turnover issues with Coleman, Ramey, Andrew Jones. People could say what they want to about Shaka Smart, but he still has – experience in the dance and they could shoot the three ball so that's variance in your favor if you're hot from three which they are starting to play better offensively so I'm with you on the Texas future I do think they have a shot to win the conference tournament plus 900 is a pretty good price Reed I saw you have a uh, article up on BetQL about which future you like in this conference yeah, I, I kind of like Oklahoma at this number I mean I saw on DraftKings earlier 50 to 1 that was gone by, you know, this afternoon. It was down to I thirty to one at DraftKings, and you said at BetMGM twenty five to one. To me, Oklahoma they lost four straight, but two of them were in overtime to Oklahoma, or one of them was in o- overtime to Oklahoma State. Another Oklahoma State, a tough one at Kansas State on the road, and then Texas, which was a back and forth. They kind of came up a little short. 
I think that this number, though, is a little off. People are looking into, well, they have to play Iowa State in the first round, but who cares? They're going to roll through Iowa State. And then you get a pretty favorable matchup against Kansas, a team they beat already this season. And then all of a sudden you're in the semifinal. So, and they match up solidly well with Texas, who I just said they played pretty solid, uh, played pretty tight with last week. Texas Tech, two close games also. I mean, all these games are going to be barn burners. So to me, give me the longest price on an Oklahoma team I still am bullish on in the tournament. They're the best seven seed in conference tournament. I mean, like they're well overqualified for this first round matchup. No doubt. My issue is Brady Manick. And Tom and I have mentioned this a ton mm-hmm. on podcasts of late. He had a big game against, what was it? Like his first 20 point game in that loss to Oklahoma State, the second game where they played yes. like two games in four days, two games in three days, whatever it was. That's it. Like he has one other game this season where he's scored over 20 points. And that's a guy that you can consistently count on from a floor spacing, uh, floor spacing perspective and just to be a reliable shooter and score for this Oklahoma team. So, yes, they could turn it back on 100%. I just don't like betting a team, even though we do get that sometimes, right? We do get mm-hmm. a team that's that's slow to the to the finish line in, in regular season play, then they get hot in conference play. Let's say Oklahoma blows out Iowa State and then gets hot the rest of the way. I, I will say, though, like, you're probably going to have to take Iowa State again in that, <laughs> in, that, uh, in that Oklahoma game. They covered both times for me. They matched up really well against OU. I don't think OU loses the game outright just because mm-hmm. they do have the pieces. Maybe they do reset the, uh, they do hit the reset button. They make a run in the conference tournament, but um, kind of a favorable matchup. The more I think about that Iowa State team again. So, Tom, your thoughts on uh, retaking Oklahoma to win the Big Twelve tournament? Yeah, I can't complain with that number. The I think what Reed's saying is correct in such a deep conference. Oh. To be honest, Reed, I thought I was going to have to yell at you today. When I when I read over your article, I was like, well, there's no way that this is 50 to 1. So that's wrong. And <laughs> I went to DraftKings. And I, I could no, it was it was 50 to 1. I could not believe it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So that's how shocked I was to see the number. But shortly after, you're right, it dropped down to 25 to 1. Still a pretty good number. All these teams are so close. I, I can't argue if you like West Virginia. Uh, we all like them. I mean, it's going to be a lot of great games here. You know, again, I think I just like Texas because we're their place. And I just, listen, I've been, I've changed my mind more on Texas than any team in the history of sports. But I, when they're motivated, they're a real tough team. So, listen, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Texas, all got a shot to win this tournament. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, all of them. Glad you brought up Oklahoma State. Kate Cunningham, we don't know what's going on with that ankle. I would assume they sat out, they sat him out for uh, from precautionary or for precautionary reasons against West Virginia. And they ended up winning that game. Isaac likely too. We don't know what his status is for the Big 12 tournament. And then just flipping the page back to the Big 10 tournament because we didn't mention the injury. I would assume Iowa rests Joe Wieskamp throughout the conference tournament. That's why, that's why it kind of makes the Big 10 really intriguing. Although you guys brought up Illinois, Purdue, both of those teams have single digit uh, odds to win the to win the Big Ten tournament. So maybe it's not as uh, intriguing as to take a long shot as it is in some of these other conference tournaments. But again, back to big picture with the Big 12. Tom, you said Reed likes West Virginia. I've seen some hate tweets and I don't, I'm not disagreeing. Like you watch, I am a little concerned. You watch the Oklahoma State game on Saturday. They have a lot of open pockets for shooters mm. to hit threes. And it's just a product of playing that matchup zone where Huggins switches to it sometimes or at least the the players switch to it um, on a possession by possession basis 
the defense is concerning. They have the offense. They have the shooting to make a run, not only in the conference tournament, but in the in uh, in the big dance. But if they're off from three and the defense is kind of suspect, that's where like who do they? What's their first round or what's their what's their first matchup of the Big Twelve tournament? My my uh, tap oh, rose on the Big Twelve. If I'm mistaken. They have, they have the kids. Got it. Okay. All right. Got it. So yeah, I mean, maybe not a fade spot there, but. Uh, defensively, it's a little concerning, which is, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to back them in the big 12 tournament. Yeah. I will say that, you know, I appreciate that you read my tweets, Eli. That's always nice to see, but you know, this actually, if there's one team in the big 12 that matches up with Baylor, that could see them earlier than the finals, it is probably West Virginia. As we saw that overtime loss last week, tough loss and the defense was exposed but they go toe to toe with them. They have the shot making to kind of, you know, play uh, tit for tat with them. So, you know, if West Virginia was on the other side, I think that they'd have a much shorter number or they'd be a much more valuable bet. If that makes any sense, but back to Oklahoma, if they win one of those, that overtime game against Oklahoma state, they're a much shorter number because they're not in that first round game against Iowa state. I think that's what's driving this number so high. And it's just a false narrative. I know Iowa State might match up with them well, but I still think that they get through that, and it's uh, nothing more than just a false narrative. I'm not, I don't want to call it. I, th- I think they they match up well. I'm not going to say the Cyclones are going to win that game. Kemp yeah. makes a line 12. I will bet Cyclones plus 12 all day against against Oklahoma on a neutral. The, mm-hmm. the question is, and you're, you're right, Oklahoma definitely has the pieces to make a run. They have the offense. They have the defense to make a run in the Big 12 tournament. I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but – is it kind of similar to Wisconsin? They Now, they have the body of work where they have wins on their schedule, but just going into the conference tournament, they're struggling. They've lost, what, yeah. four in a row at this point. So I, I'm a little concerned with OU just from that perspective. And Iowa State, I mean, we saw it in both of those games. When they're on from three, I don't think we're seeing Bolton. I'm probably going to need Bolton to play to actually take Iowa State in that game. He didn't play against K-State, I don't believe. Yeah, he didn't play. So if he is back for the, for the Big 12 tournament opener for the Cyclones, I'll be on. Iowa State. Otherwise, it's a little iffy, even though they can't shoot still against that OU defense. They need him to to penetrate and create off the dribble. So, Tom, Tom any thoughts? Any more thoughts on the Big 12 or good to move No, on? I think we covered it. All right. That sounds like a guy who's getting frustrated. Um, <laughs> over over to the Big East. At that MGM, we've hit three conference tournaments in 50 minutes. So, not exactly what Tom was telling me before our show <laughs> to speed things up. Creighton at plus 175 with the conference tournament. Villanova who's going to be without two of their guards. We'll get to that in a second. They're plus 300. UConn uh, tied for the second shortest odds with Villanova at plus 300. Then it's Xavier at 14 to 1. St. John's 16 to 1. Providence 20 to 1. Marquette 25 to 1. Georgetown 80 to 1. Butler 100 to 1. And DePaul, my DePaul Blue Demons at 100 to 1. Uh, first take, uh, Tom or Reed, uh, what do you guys like in this conference tournament? Oh, you tell yeah, me. Yeah, j- yeah, the, I was going to say, the this is the one where I like the favorite. I, I like Creighton. I, I I think you could make an argument for UConn for sure, but with the Villanova injury, now UConn's kind of lost some value there. So to me, Creighton was pretty solidly the second best team uh, in this conference when UConn, when uh, Villanova was healthy. I, I got a feeling the favorite's going to win this one. So sorry, I don't ha- – and I do agree with you, Eli. I know you mentioned on BetQL Daily it could be a – crazy wide open uh tournament i do think it that is possible the this is another one of those conferences where a lot of these teams are bunched together but i think when it's all said and done creighton wins the tournament 
Okay. There, I mean, do we know that McDermott's going to be back? That's the question for Creighton. And they played well against Butler without him. There's a lot of variables in this conference tournament. Justin Moore, yeah. right, broke the news today that on Twitter, breaking news from the head coach that he's going to be out for the conference tournament or doubtful, but you would expect he would be out unless they, I don't know, maybe if they make the conference tournament title game, he's back. There are Gillespie's already done for the year. So you lose your two primary ball handlers, which proved to be a big issue against Providence and is going to be a big issue uh, potentially against St. John's and even Seton Hall uh, when Villanova gets uh, to the quarterfinal, I believe, of the Big East tournament. I, let's just pull up what the uh, schedule looks like here for the Big East tournament. Uh, yeah, so they play the winner of actually Nova gets the winner of Georgetown Marquette first. And then if they move on past that matchup, they would get St. John's and Seton Hall. Listen, I, I, I like your Creighton point. If they're, you just wonder about the mental effect. And I know it didn't show against Butler. Maybe it showed up against Villanova. Maybe they reset and they don't care about it anymore. I'm not trying to be, bring you know off-the-court issues onto this podcast. We don't need to touch on the specifics. I just wonder about the mental state of that team long-term uh, when something like that happens. So I, I don't, from a personnel standpoint, from a matchup perspective, I like Creighton. I think they're maybe the best team in the conference, especially with Villanova's injury, and we'll hit on UConn in a second. But off-the-court, it worries me a little bit. Uh, Reed, what about you with uh, with the Big East Tournament? Yeah, I mean, the value's not there anymore, so I'm going to stay away from betting it now just because I'm not going to take this bad of a number. UConn, to me, is right now the best team in the conference. They've won six of seven. Booknight clearly, James Booknight clearly raised this team's ceiling to another level. He is a bucket getter no, in every sense of the word. They've won six of seven. They're inside Kempom's top 30 on offensive and defensive efficiency now, which – it, you know, you're right there with kind of your historical threshold of a champion. You know, this is a really good team on both ends. They D up. They have a guy who could go get a bucket and book night. I think UConn is really, they're about to get really hot. If right now they're projected to be a six or a seven, I expect them to be higher than that. But this team might be second weekend, you know, the last game of, I guess, Sunday, Elite Eight Sunday type good. They're they're legit UConn. So I'm bullish on them long term. I can't bet them right now, though. Looking at Bracket Matrix, which kind of combines the best bracketologists and spins it all together to kind of give you a cumulative ranking. Uh, UConn projected to be a number nine seed. That's nuts. They're not a nine seed. Let's let's see how far they get in the Big East tournament. Uh, we have not. I know they're playing better with Book Night back, but just looking at. Let's just pull this up here. UConn's the latter part of their schedule. Last four games, okay? They have beaten since the Villanova loss. Book Night kind of looked fatigued in that game. Uh, they lost, or they beat Georgetown, they beat Marquette, they beat Seton Hall, and they beat Georgetown. They beat Georgetown twice. Hoyers are play, playing better basketball, but where is the impressive win? And maybe you're right. Maybe they do make a run of the Big East tournament. Maybe they make a run of the NCAA tournament. I'm just saying those four wins aren't enough to move you up that much in people's bracketology yeah. projections. That's fair. No, no, no arguments here. But this team does. I think that the eye test to me, the way they're playing, they just seem to have this newfound confidence with Book Knight because he he has the ability to go for thirty a night. You know, he could have that kind of March run that UConn seems to have every once in a while. Yeah, I hate to compare it to Kemba, but he has that right. He has that kind of up where I mean, mm-hmm. it's the most simple comparison you can make. Uh, <laughs> go back too. to Kemba with UConn. Um, Tom, any any quick thoughts on the Huskies? 
Yeah, I was just looking at a uh, bracket matrix actually, and they got Loyola Ch Chicago a nine seed. I don't want to be the one seed in that in that bracket. That's a whoo, that's a tough second round game. The, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I see UConn in that eight nine uh, region. Uh, have to see how they do in the Big East tournament. I, if this goes chalk, you're looking at UConn versus Creighton, right in the in the tournament, and I think that's what we're going to probably get. So I think the winner of that game has a really good chance to, you know, to be in the finals. And I think that's the tougher bracket. So I would say the winner of that game takes the tournament. Okay. I, I don't listen. I'm not going to late. I'm not going to bet shock, even though it's not, it's, it's still a, a plus money bet. I'm just not going to do that with UConn. They're playing better basketball. The Reed's point. You have an elite score in James book night. I've been going back and forth here over the last hour or so before we got started, I guess. St. John's is very intriguing with that ball pressure. If they get past Seton Hall, and that's the second time those two teams will have played in a week. And I know Posh Alexander might be back. We don't know the status of a Posh who won defensive player of the year, but you get that kind of ball pressure going up against Villanova without more, without Gillespie in this second, assuming Villanova gets past um, the winner of the Marquette Georgetown game, which they should. But you face that kind of a defense, even Seton Hall, who could pressure the ball, maybe not to the likes of last year when they had Quincy McKnight, but they're still a pretty good defensive team. We saw that in the first half against St. John's until they collapsed in the second half over the weekend. So St. John's is intriguing. We just don't know the status of Posh, which makes me a little worried, even though might be back. I look at Providence, uh, looking at the odds right now at BetMGM, they're 16 to 1, but at other books, you can find them as, as high as 30 to 1. They beat Villanova over the weekend. This has been one of the more inconsistent, frustrating teams in Big East play. But they have the guards to do it. And then they have a pretty good score that can do it too in David Duke, depending on how consistent he is. But that's one of those scores that can go off in bunches. Nate Watson, I think, is one of the more underrated bigs in college basketball. And you think about the way this sets up for Providence here. They played DePaul, not losing that game. Then they play the winner of, or they play UConn. So we get that Providence-UConn game. Reed and I going head-to-head -head again, going back to the ACC and now the Big East. Providence beat him. I know that was without book night, but I think they have the ball pressure to kind of make this UConn team uncomfortable that also struggles with turnovers in their own right. They match up well in the front court if Nate Watson comes to play and is efficient down low. That's a big number for a team that has the talent to make a run. So I'm going to take another juicy piece of one of these conference tournament futures in that Providence. You know what no. I think of Providence? They're on the list. The they they screwed us. That's that a one game. Uh, hey, I I'm a tough grader, but uh, no, I listen. I, and just for the record, I'm not betting Creighton. I, I just like Creighton. That's I don't like. I, I like them to win the tournament, but I, I don't have a bet in this conference. Listen, I don't think it makes a. It's not a bad decision to take a St. John's or a Providence or a Seton Hall. Because again, to me, the Big East is a is a down conference. There's a couple of teams at the top that have been good all season. Then you got a bunch of these teams jumbled together. And remember, it hasn't exactly been a normal year. So a couple of these teams that weren't as good as we thought, they might get their second win in a conference tournament. You know, I thought we were going to get that with St. Louis, and we saw what happened there. I hate that team. But uh, you could see that with a Providence or a Seton Hall. I, Seton Hall is interesting to me because that's that's a team I've been kind of waiting for. So if they can get by St. John's, I think they have a shot here. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, they they played well in the first half. You just they, they don't have that score. And Bryce Aiken hit some big shots to try to get them back in the game against St. John's after they gave up the lead. He kind of looks healthy, and he's been playing more minutes of late, so that's good news 
for Seton Hall. Miles Kale looks off, though. I know he played well in the first stretch of that game. Reynolds is very inconsistent offensively. They have the bigs, like when Mamu's on, when Mamu's scoring 20 mm-hmm. a game and, and active on the glass. Like Seton Hall has the pieces to win the conference tournament, but in terms of their odds and the way they played in the second half, I'm not trying to use recency bias, but you go up against St. John's, posh didn't play over the weekend. That's a tough game, and it's a tough game to say I'm going to take plus 775 at BetMGM versus you know 15 to 1 on St. John's or 20 to 1 on Providence, whatever the price is that you could find out there. So that's our Big East tournament breakdown. Uh, moving along here over to the Pac-12, we all are in uh, alignment here on our favorite uh, tournament future in the Pac-12. I'll read, you have the article up on BetQL. You could download the BetQL app to read Reed's article as well. BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking real-time line movement and historical betting results. Download the BetQL app today in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Reed wrote up a great piece on his favorite conference tournament features over at BetQL. Uh, why do you like Oregon, Reed? Yeah, I mean, again, just a team peaking at the right time. They were off. They played one game over a two, three-week span in like the January to February range. And I think everyone just forgot about them, to be honest. They've won 10 of 11 now. They got a gamer in Chris Duarte. They have a great coach in Dana Altman. And things just are falling into place for Oregon here. And it's not like they're beating nobodies. They're beating Arizona, who, you know, yeah, they're off this year, but they're still a solid team. Beating UCLA, beating Colorado. Granted, some of these are at home, but... This just feels like a perfect storm. And to me, if you look at the odds, um, at least where I was able to grab Oregon, USC and Colorado were shorter odds than Oregon, which makes no just no sense to me because those two teams are meeting in a potential semifinal while Oregon gets UCLA or Oregon State in the semifinals. I just – I don't see how Oregon shouldn't be chalk here. I got over plus 300. I like them to run away with this conference. I think they match up well with anybody in the comp- in the Pac-12. Tom, I know you're with them on the Ducks. Yeah, and uh, I, like Reed, I got like plus 340 on this, took it right away. That that was the worst odd of any team in any tournament because this is – I'm pretty confident in this one. Uh, Arizona State, Washington State winner, smash. UCLA, Oregon State winner, and I like UCLA more than some other people, but they're not going to beat the Ducks, so I'm already in the finals. Uh, then we're going to probably play <laughs> USC or Colorado, so I'll take my chances. At, the the Pac-12, we've been talking about some conferences where kind of teams are jumbled together. To me, this is not one of them. There's three teams in this conference, and then there's a divide, but then there's UCLA. So I think this is going to be a chalk conference, and I see Oregon getting to the finals pretty easily here. I know it's not the same number that we got, but I still think it's worth a bet because I love Oregon, at least getting to the finals, giving you a shot at plus money. I don't want to ruin the party here because I have a Oregon conference tournament future as well. And I'm trying to find an update here because we haven't gotten anything. I think Marcus Bagley did play over the weekend against Colorado when Arizona state got blown out. If they get both of those guys back, is there any shot for Arizona State to make a run here? They get Washington. They get Washington State in the first round, like Tom mentioned. Again, I have Oregon plus three fifty to win the conference tournament. Love the bet. Think they're riding to the uh, to the final here, especially with that defense, and they could give Arizona State some problems with that defensive backcourt. Even though Remy Martin is one of the better scorers in college basketball, not just in the Pac twelve. I haven't seen any updates. I'm looking up stuff for for Christopher coming back here for ASU, but. Either one of you, is there any shot here for ASU to make a run? Because if there is one dark horse in the in the Pac-12 tournament, 
I think it's ASU just based off of talent. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. Just Arizona State to me, team drawing dead. That's that's a team all year. There's just there's something missing. It's just I mean I know they've had some, but when I watch them, it's not a team. There's a couple of guys here and there who who you have to worry about. I don't know if they're going to be able to beat that Oregon defense, the defensive pressure that they put on you, and the way Oregon's playing right now. I mean I will agree with one thing you said. If you look at some of these other dog teams like Utah and Washington and Cal, they're not going to do anything. I mean at least Arizona State has some talent. So if there was a surprise team in the in the conference, I do think it would be them. Looking at the odds at BetMGM, Oregon, by the way, was around plus 300 to win the conference tournament like an hour ago. Now they're plus 250, tied with Colorado for the second shortest odds. USC now is the odds-on favorite at BetMGM, plus 225. Then UCLA with the four shortest odds at plus 650 Stanford, which is an absolute corpse. At 16-1, yeah. to 1, Utah 25-1, to 1, ASU who we mentioned 50 to one Oregon state, 50 to one Wazoo 50 to one. Uh, they lost arguably the best score because he left the program. Uh, Huskies under to one and Cal with Matt Bradley, a hundred to one as well. So we're all in alignment here. The first time on the show that we all like one conference tournament future Oregon, which you could still get a plus two fifty. I don't hate the bet. It's as short as plus one seventy five. I saw at other books. They have the number one seed in the conference tournament. Reed and Tom both mentioned it. They have the easiest path to get to the conference tournament title game. Then you get a potential rematch against USC and they didn't have a chance to get that ball pressure going that two, three matchup zone and the three quarter court press because Taj was making threes out of the wazoo uh, in the first half of that game. First half of the first half of the uh, Oregon USC game going back to a couple weeks ago. So I like Oregon to win the conference tournament. We all have the same bet. So we can move along here. We hit on the pack 12. Uh, now over to the SEC, and if we look at the BetMGM odds for the SEC, Alabama, the odds-on favorite at plus 250, Arkansas plus 350, Tennessee, third shortest odds at plus 500, my God. Uh, Florida, plus 600, LSU, 7-1, to one. Missouri, 12-1, to one. Kentucky, 16-1, to one. Ole Miss, 25-1, to one. Miss State, 50-1, to one. Georgia, I mean, whatever about the rest. Uh, someone could take... South Carolina, I'm not fucking touching that number. Gross team right now. Uh, Tom, any thoughts on the uh, SEC and any any futures for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm high on Arkansas long-term. You know, I got them at 100-1 to one to win the tournament. So I really like that team. I like the makeup of the team. And I look at that bracket, right? And I kind of think Georgia is going to give Missouri some trouble. I mean, if Arkansas plays Georgia, they run them out of the gym. Um, then if they play LSU, they run them out of the gym. But the team that scares me, in that bracket is Ole Miss because they get that dead South Carolina team and then they get LSU and we know LSU can be up and down. So I see Arkansas and Ole Miss in the semifinal and you're getting Ole Miss at 25 to one. That'll be an interesting matchup for me. Um, so I, that's, that's the part of the bracket I'm looking at. I know uh, Eli, you're going to be looking at the upper part with Alabama and Kentucky, but Arkansas and Ole Miss, I I, I might bite a little bit on Ole Miss, just a, just a, just a touch at twenty five to one. They played well. They swept the season series with Missouri. They have one of the better defensive backcourts. Devontae Schuler is uh, kind of a bucket in himself. Uh, Reed mentioned that with Book Knight. Now Schuler's not an elite scorer, but he could still create his own shot and have a big tournament and carry Ole Miss up, up kind of far in the SEC tournament. I don't hate the Ole Miss bat. Uh, Reed, what about you? What are you looking at for the SEC? Yeah, I mean, I know Tom mentioned LSU. It's kind of a roller coaster. I think that this 
this could break kind of all right for them. I think that they're going to be able to handle Mississippi's, you know, ball pressure. One of the more, you know, better, they're much better with the ball than other teams. And they gave Arkansas some trouble. They beat them once this year in a blowout and then they stuck tight with them. They were winning at half on the road. So LSU at seven to one to me, it's not the greatest, but I'm not that high on them long-term, but in a, you know, one week setting where you're playing every day and you have a top 10 Kempom offense, freshman in Cam Thomas. I mean, this team is one of those teams that could just ride the wave. So to me, a double buy, seven to one, I think they could find themselves in the title game. But back to Arkansas, I also love Arkansas in the tournament. I think that they have the goods, but they're also, they've won how much, how many in a row? I think it's eight in a row. Yeah, they've won eight in a row. So Cam Thomas had a big game over the weekend. So, I mean, he's another score that can carry LSU. Mm-hmm. Don't hate it. I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at more of a long shot. I, I'm curious your guys' perspective on this. Kentucky is 16 to one, like I mentioned at MGM, 30 to one at other books. And they get Mississippi State in the first in the first uh, matchup in the SEC tournament. And then it's Alabama for the third time this year. And I, I was thinking about this over the weekend. We've all kind of been going back and forth about what to make of Alabama. I still think the tie can make a run in the NCAA tournament because it's not like in the latter part of conference play where teams are are seeing them for the for the second time. And in Kentucky's case, potentially if they get there the third time this season, where you can adjust and you you know what's coming at that sort of a pace. Um, it's not the same case in the NCAA tournament. But anyways, back to Kentucky. I love Kentucky if they get past Mississippi State to at least cover the line against Alabama in a potential third game between those two two programs. And then if you look at the rest of the SEC tournament here, they would face, if they beat if they beat Alabama in the quarterfinal, they would face a potential, let's say it's Florida, Tennessee, assuming Florida has the who they missed yesterday against uh, Tennessee and they fucking couldn't cover that line. Brutal. Uh, the, Trey Mann. They missed Trey Mann. He had the, he had the uh, what was it, migraines against Tennessee and d- didn't end up playing. But if, if we get Kentucky against Florida, who Kentucky played pretty well in that first game, even though a, a month or so ago, and then they ended up uh, losing at home at Rupp, Florida, had played well. We saw it blown out Tennessee earlier in the year. I think Kentucky is a shot to get to the SEC title game where at least that number is hedgeable or if not, have a shot to win this. It's all about point guard play. Davion Mintz and Askew can't turn the ball over, but they have one of the more athletic front courts in the SEC. I like Kentucky at that sort of a price. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if they're consistent enough to get to the final, but I, I will say this. I like, you know, we have futures on Alabama and Arkansas, and I think in a NCAA tournament setting, they're going to be tough. But if you're looking for a conference that might have a Kentucky Ole Miss final, this is the one. You know what I mean? Like there's there's some teams here, like you got Missouri back here. The I don't know if the top teams are overwhelming. Like, you know, certainly Arkansas and Alabama style can give people that don't know them trouble. But teams that do know them, it's going to be – this is going to be, to me, the most interesting conference tournament. I think we're going to see some crazy things here. Reed, any perspective on Kentucky – perspective you know, on the rest of the conference before we move on yeah i i like the kentucky angle against alabama because that's it for them they're not making the postseason of course if they win the tournament they are but they're not ma- they're not on the bubble or anything so i could see like that super bowl this is it like let's go give it everything and they're playing the third time so great points there they're just not consistent enough down the stretch of games i can't trust them to yeah. close out a win i could i could think i could trust them to close out a cover if they're catching you know 
a big a big number, a couple of possessions. I I take that you know with that angle in mind. I can't take them to win the tournament though because I just can't trust any of their guards to you know be reliable down the stretch. They've just proven time and time and again. Yeah, I mean, ask you can't mm-hmm. as as much as I like this future and as much as I think it has a legitimate shot to win it, considering the makeup of the SEC. Even though you guys mentioned Arkansas and. If I'm Kentucky, I would much rather play Alabama on the road to the SEC title game potentially than Arkansas with the way Alabama is at least vulnerable if they're not hitting threes. And we saw it in the first half of the Georgia game where they were off, came back, hit shots in the second half, but Georgia made that a game. I mean, that was a three-point game with under a minute to go before Alabama backdoored their way into a cover. Yes, I'm still salty about Georgia not covering the plus eight. So we move on here from the SEC. Let's hit two more conferences. The Mountain West, uh, looking at the BetMGM odds for the Mountain West Conference. San Diego State, the favorite at plus 125. Utah State, next up at plus 250. Boise uh, State, plus 500. Colorado State, plus 500 as well. Nevada, 16 to 1. UNLV, 50 to 1. And then Wyoming, 66. We saw them make a run last year in the Mountain West Tournament a little bit. Fresno State, 80 to 1. And New Mexico is 250 to 1. Then a bunch of crap. So, uh, Tom, your perspective on the Mountain West tournament? Yeah, and real quick, I did just bet Ole Miss, so <laughs> I, I I went in for you know a little bet, uh, you know, hundred bucks. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm in on Ole Miss. Uh, let's have a crazy SEC tournament. I'll make the Mountain West short for me because this isn't a conference I've bet a lot this year. I've watched a lot of it, but for for some reason, I just haven't had a had a big edge betting wise. I like. Colorado State's a team I've liked all year. I, I like them to win the conference, but I Reed's going to talk about a team, Nevada, at 16-1 to 1 at yep. MGM. That's where the value is in this conference. They're playing well, and I think they've shown they can beat any one of those four bigger te- uh, the four top seeds. That, to me, is an interesting uh, interesting line right there at 16-1. to 1. Uh, Why don't you go a little further into that, Reed? Yeah, so just the the skinny on Nevada, because you have your four state schools. You have San Diego State, Boise State, Utah State, Colorado State. They're just they're simple, the four states. Uh, Nevada beat Boise twice at home. They lost to San Diego State twice by a combined seven points. They beat Colorado State over the weekend in a crazy game, and they lost to Utah State both. So I guess they got swept by Utah State. But to me, Nevada – they have a potent offense. They have a go-to guy in Grand Sherfield, uh, Wichita transfer. It's just a team that can give a lot of teams trouble. It sounds so simple, but their offense, they're capable of going for 80, 90 points at a clip. They give up a lot of threes. That's their issue on defense. Their three-point rate is alarmingly high. But if a team, you know, with their offense, they could go shot for shot with these teams and make it a barn burner. And not to mention – all of these teams besides the three other state schools besides San Diego State, they have a lot of pressure on them because they need to perform to get into the tournament. So Nevada's coming in with house money. They get a Boise team they beat twice already. Then they get a San Diego State team they hung with. At eight, I got 18 to 1, 16 to 1, I still like as a, a chaos type of thing. One question mark I have about the Nevada bet, and I do like it. I mean, we saw them beat Colorado State on Friday. Some if he calls down the stretch in that game look like some favorable whistles towards the home team in the Wolfpack. But is Zane Meeks going to be back? I, I'm looking at his status right now. He's um, Nevada's forward, and he's not expected to play against Boise come uh, Thursday with the knee injury. So that's an important piece for this team. I know they have some really good scores in Sherfield, like you mentioned, Cambridge, 
uh, can both shoot it, can both go off for 20 plus and yeah. carry Nevada to a potential final matchup in the Mountain West. I just, I mean, that's a tough matchup. And you brought up how Boise State has a lot to play for. I, I've seen some bracketologists still say that Boise's in even after losing to Fresno State. Tom and I both have a long shot future on Boise. I'm probably going to stay away. I do like the bet, though. If I was to go with one team, Colorado State is going to be the pick for a lot of people because if not San Diego State, Colorado State is probably a year away from doing damage, like big-time damage in the Mountain West. Tom, I know they're kind of high at a Colorado State future for next year, but uh, Nico Medlin, like they have a great coach and they have the great guard play uh, to make a run. They could shoot it big-time uh, to make a run here in the Mountain West and kind of clinch their, their bid, um, even though they might have an at-large at this point to the NCAA tournament, but huge game for Boise state. Um, and that, like you, like you mentioned, Reed, that is the third time these two teams have played. Meeks' mm-hmm. status is kind of makes me a little worried about Nevada, even though they have the guards to, to get that game done and, and even do bigger things in this conference tournament. Yeah. And then I just have one more thing to mention. No one's talking about Utah state. I personally think if you're going, sh- if you're going with one of the shorter teams, I actually like Utah state. I think Kata could really make, it, it could really mess some teams up with his size down low. There's been some games where he is absolutely unstoppable. They have a great defense. I don't know. I just think Utah State's being a little overlooked here. I hope they could get into the tournament because I think Kata could really pre- present some matchup issues. Yeah. But they're, I mean, they're plus 250. Like, I'm, I agree with you. And they played, they played well against Nevada. Um, That was what? Like, a, to your point, though, I just want to go back to Nevada for a second. Nevada was coming off COVID in the, mm-hmm. in both of those games in the, in the, uh, at Utah State. Um, so yeah, listen, I like Utah state. They played really well defensively. They have the Virginia transfer, Marco Anthony, who's another ball handler for them. They've gotten healthy. They're completely healthy in the, in the conference tournament. It's at that price. Like I'm, I'm not going to, yeah. not going to bat plus 250 on Utah state when this, when this conference tournament's kind of wide open. Yeah. I think I'm going to play them though against Colorado state in that likely bottom region matchup. That's more what I was eyeing. Tom, any more thoughts on the mountain West before we move on? No, I agree with everything you guys said. I mean, I went with Colorado State because I think those four teams are pretty close and you're getting a little bit more value with Colorado State. But I do agree. I think they're a year away from doing some real damage uh, in both uh, the Mountain West and NCAA tournament. Will that be one of your futures? Probably, yes. Yeah, that's uh, they're a young team. I love the coach. I mean, I I think he's one of the stars in coaching. He's not going to be there much longer. So I want to try to grab that next year. Two teams I'm going to be on next year as long shots would be Colorado State and uh, probably the conference we're talking about next, Wichita State. Yeah, let's get to the AAC. Houston, the favorite to win the AAC tournament at minus 140. Wichita State next up at plus 400. And Memphis at plus 550. SMU at plus 650. And for time's sake and for just, you know, none of those other teams are winning the conference tournament. So, Tom, you're up first here. What do you like in the AAC? Yeah, no bet for me in uh, one of my the strategies going into conference tournament. If there's one dominant team, like, and I believe Houston is dominant, to me, there's only two teams that you can bet, Wichita State and Memphis. And I honestly think it's either Memphis or nothing. Uh, the, I don't know if there's a lot of value with Wichita State there. So if you're going to take a future in this conference, it's going to be Memphis. They showed just uh, in that crazy game on Sunday that they can play with Houston. They're playing very good basketball right now. I do think Houston's going to end up winning the, the tournament, so I'm going to stay away. But if you're going to take a future, be Memphis. Listen, we saw what happened yesterday with Memphis against Houston. That was a – I know Boogie Ellis hit the shot to tie it, and you could say that's lucky because 
Houston should have fouled in that spot. Then again, Memphis yeah. should have fouled on the turnaround. Man, Houston called game on that shot. That was a hell of a shot to beat Memphis at the buzzer from half court. But Memphis plays extremely well defensively. They're second in Kempom and adjusted defensive efficiency. Now, offensively, they struggle. They're outside the top 150. But defense leads to offense for this team. And they have good guard play, especially in the front court. I, I love Quinones. Like, that's a guy that... Houston was getting pissed when he was doing the guitar thing yesterday, hitting like threes in the second half, and they came back and did the same thing. I I like Memphis. I at least will be betting Memphis in that second game against Houston uh, in the should-be semifinal of the AAC tournament. I'll probably bet Memphis at plus 550. That will be one of my conference tournament futures. I just talked myself into it. Because of the way this team plays defensively, I think they could beat Houston. They, they showed it yesterday, yes. And they're also trying to get into the tournament. That's another thing for for both of these teams Houston's in probably a two seed at this point not three uh maybe they lose to Memphis let's say but I I I still think two yeah so I'm glad you guys talked on Memphis because I bet Wichita to win the AAC at three to one merely because the bracket plays out so perfectly for them to like we were talking about with Oregon the bracket's great they play um, I believe South Florida then Tulane the winner of that game they get and then they get Cincinnati who they beat uh, pretty handily. And then SMU, if they are able to beat Cincinnati, which I'm not ruling out because Cincinnati doesn't do it for me, SMU hasn't played since February 8th. So I'll take Wichita over SMU in the semifinal game. Now you're in the finals with a three to one shot. I don't necessarily love the matchup against Memphis because Memphis really turns you over, but Wichita, they're a very, very good backcourt. They're able to protect the ball. Houston, they beat already. I imagine Houston may come in and be a little pissed off and stomp them. That's definitely on the table. But if I could get a future at three to one to make the finals that easily, in my opinion, I'm game for that. So I bet Wichita plus 300, but I agree with everything you guys said about Memphis and especially how they match up with Houston. I love the Wichita State team. Uh, I think Isaac Brown's done an all-time great coaching job. You look at their four losses this year. That's it. They got blown out by Memphis, but seven to Houston, three to Oklahoma State, and ten to Missouri. And the Missouri game was close there for a while. So an excellent, excellent team. Very underrated, I think, going into the NCAA tournament. Wouldn't shock me at all if they won this uh, uh, tournament. want to touch on one more thing here from Memphis because it's an important note is Alex Lomax, one of their guards. I'm looking for an injury update on him. It looks like, okay, so there's no official update on Lomax. Just didn't play yesterday with the ankle injury. I mean, that's a big piece to get back for Memphis too. And I know their offense was kind of inefficient against Houston yesterday, which it can be. I mean, they go for spurts where they can't score. But, I mean, he means a lot to them defensively just to get out in transition. So if Lomax plays, I love the bet even more. But I'll be on Memphis to win the AAC. So that does it for our conference tournament preview show. Uh, if you guys both want to recap, Tom, your conference tournament bets, I'll recap mine and we'll get out of here. Yeah, I got tech, the, my official conference tournament plays are, are Texas, um, Oregon, uh, Mississippi. I, I'm kind of, you, you caught me here because I've been betting, I've been making bets during the show. Now I got so I came in thinking I'm only going to bet a couple of these conference tournaments. Now I got so much money riding, I don't even know where it is. But my official plays are Texas, Oregon, uh, Ole Miss, and I'm strongly considering Purdue in the Big Ten. Oh, I, I got ask- Georgia Tech. I got Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech as well. I want to ask you, Tom, because I want to hit on this, and I want to read you too as well, in terms of unit size. Because if you look at some of these bigger numbers, people might be asking, okay, how much of a unit are you putting on a 50-to-1 Syracuse? 
ticket. So, Tom, really quick, if you want to kind of dice that up for everybody. I'll make this easy. 100 across the board. I, I don't bet. That's just where I am. And I don't bet anything less than $100. So those are all $100 bets. Okay. What about you, Reed? Yeah, future, uh, especially conference futures, half unit across the board. Just keep it simple. Whether it's a long shot or a little shot, just half a unit. All right. So what are your what are your uh, to wrap it up? What are your conference tournament future bets? All right. So I got I got them written down here. I got Oregon plus three ten. I got Oklahoma fifty to one, which I'll be the only person in the world with that. Uh, Wichita plus three hundred. Nevada eighteen to one, and LSU plus seven to one as a little start. All right. Uh, my bets, NC State, 50 to 1. That is like a, a quarter to a half a unit for me. Not putting a ton on that. Actually, I, 100 to 1 at Canby. So uh, 50 to 1 at BetMGM. You know, might be might want to shop around and try to get a better number on NC State uh, if you have the shops to do it. No bet for me in the Big Ten. Texas was my look, similar to Tom in the Big Ball, but I'm staying away from that conference tournament. Providence at 30 to 1, I like in the Big East. Oregon is about a full unit for me at plus 250 to win the, or at least that's those are the current odds, to win the Pac-12 tournament. Kentucky, you can get at 30-1. to 1. Both Providence and Kentucky, both at 30-1. to 1. I bet about a half unit on each for both of those, or a quarter to a half, because those are big numbers. Um, So I have, let's, for the NC State bet, it's 100-1. Let's say just for the sake of uh, simplicity, I like a quarter of a unit for NC State, Providence, Kentucky, both at 30-1. to 1. And then about, like, I have a unit on Memphis at plus 550. So those are my futures bets in terms of confidence level, in terms of how I'm dicing it up from a unit perspective. Any last words from both uh, both of you guys before we get out of here? No, uh, I'm, I'm happy where I sit. Now I might take Old Dominion. Who knows? Uh, you guys got me crazy now. This this damn podcast is going to end up costing me $700. Well, are you going to take Old Dominion before we get out of here for the, for the audience? I think that's a nice number in a conference where, I mean, you you have Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky are, are at the top there. There's a lot of good teams. UAB is good. Marshall's good. Old Dominion's good. You might be able to find some value there. Um, I'm going to take, I might take Old Dominion at 20 to 1, though. What about you, Reed? No, just guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, it was a pleasure, and I hope I could come on again during the tournament. Of course. So for Tom Casali, at the Tom Casali on Twitter, Reed Wallach, at Reed Wallach, both from BeckQL. Tom's the managing editor of BeckQL and the sports betting vertical over at Radio.com Sports. For myself, Eli Herskovich, at Eli Herskovich on Twitter. Appreciate everybody watching and listening to the podcast as well. Good luck on your conference tournament bets, and hopefully Tom comes uh, down a little bit by the next time. Uh, we record our BQLU podcast. So long, everybody. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning winning Hyundai models like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.